Welcome to Thinking Reimagined. Thinking Reimagined is a unique platform for thoughts provoking intergenerational dialogue in a diverse and inclusive setting with a focus on impactful change in the global workplace and community. Our stakeholders' conversations aim to spark thought, leadership, curiosity, engagement, collaboration, and learning amongst individuals, teams, and beyond. Enjoy, Enjoy this episode. episode and subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and other outlets. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening, wherever you're watching from or you're listening in from or joining us on the Thinking Reimagined podcast. I am Nifemi Oguntoye. And happy International Youth Day. Uh, the theme for this year has to do with international solidarity, creating a world for all ages. Our attention, however, on this podcast is on empowering the younger population of the world to be able to make that necessary contribution, particularly <laughs> taking action to be able to, for instance, achieve all the sustainable development goals and very other peculiar needs and challenges facing the world. So whether it's an ability to express yourself or knowing how to, we are noticing that the average young person today struggles with self-expression in one form or the other. And that's what we're talking about. The frustration can be due to economic or psychological impute, a fear of being judged, uh, the fear of getting arrested, particularly in Nigeria, the dynamic is also very peculiar and hydra-headed, so to speak. There is the limitation that also comes with being inside the box, given the societal and cultural limitations wherever you are. So I'm joined by quite a number of upwardly mobile young people on this podcast. But I'd like to begin with a poetic expression from the phenomenal poet, poet himself, Ben Finisher, who has joined us on this podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, I present to you <laughs> the oratory version of our podcast. You have the floor right now. Okay. I see the mind as a pile of clay we have to mold into the shape we want to on the outside, without which becomes a shapeless mass of nuisance. I see the mind as an untrained child you have to straighten up to avert vagabondage. I see the mind as I do the stomach, fed and filled with food of words, images and impressions, sweet or sour. I see the mind as a ground plowed and harrowed from birth, seeded consciously and subconsciously. The mind has no mind of its own, so you have to mind your mind unless you run out of your mind. The mind speaks and our body listens. The mind suggests 
and our body conforms. The mind relays words spoken to it, reflects images cast before it and holds impressions etched in it. Who is speaking to your mind? Who is the painter taking strokes on the canvas of your mind? Who is feeding your mind? Everything is, everyone is. And so your mind says to you, you cannot, you will not. Your type don't get it, don't you get it? Your father failed, so would you. It's a man's world, sit down, lady. Settle with less, forget the whole loaf. Can't you see? Nobody cares. Give it up and find peace. These are the fruits from the seeds down, sown down in my mind. Pictures painted on my mind's canvas and pots your mind's clay have been molded into by the hands of your environment. Fully aware of the hearing and comprehensive abilities of my mind, I turn to my mind and speak to it like a farmer. I sow good seeds into it. Make a delicacy of positivity and feed your mind with it. Say mind. I know what was and what is, but let me tell you what can and will be. You're right. I will fail. I will fail to give up. I will fail to lose. I will fail to settle for less. I will fail to fail. I will fight and win. I will fight addictions and win. I will fight temptations and be master of self. You're right. I will fall. But I will fall deeply in love and stand the test of time. I will fall forward, roll back up, and take a stand before second chances. I will be the right that's left. I will be the light that shines through this never-ending dark. I will be the reason another smiles and look forward to another day. Mind, we're in this together. I'm not losing you. Thank you very much. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. It's all in the mind. That's a, that's, that's a fantastic piece. And that's just um, setting the mood for our conversation on this podcast, on this particular episode, um, overcoming the limitations that we have given ourselves uh, in our minds. All right, so we'll take another uh, video excerpt from some of our discussions on this particular episode. And um, it's about yeah. just identifying what the challenges are with young people around the world, but we're sampling some um, feedbacks from some of our, some of some, some young people here in Nigeria. Melvin, Melvin Olisa is a future lady surveyor and she's speaking about the ASU strike and the fear of um, getting arrested amongst other challenges that the average young Nigerian has to battle with. And Kemo Wokolo recently gained admission into the university, but is yet, uh, She's yet to resume due to ASU strike. And um, there's the economic crunch that comes with the current realities around the world and how parents are also struggling to be able to uh, properly finance young young people. This video also features Obechuku Stephanie Noboka, uh, who is as well a future lady, Savio. And she spoke about ASU strike and how that is also affecting our business. 
Hello, my name is Melvin Adobe-Olisa. I'm from River State, although I reside here in Anambara State. There are so many reasons of which I cannot fully express myself as a youth here in Nigeria, here in my state, the state that I reside. Economic reasons, political reasons, social reasons, security reasons. Many of the reasons why one cannot fully express himself as a youth. Because you are not safe. You don't know what you will say the next time that they might come after you post online economic reasons especially when goods will be sold for 10 naira today and tomorrow it is 30 naira nobody is safe everybody is angry in the public transport everybody is frowning nobody is happy drivers are fighting dogs are roaming about youths are no longer safe whatever effort you put just just February, Asu, Asu went on strike and up, up until now, students are still at home. Youths are angry. National economy is not helping the youths at all. It's not putting us as, as, as priority in Nigeria. So this is what I face. This is what the next guy, the next lady face as a youth here in Nigeria. Good day, everyone. My name is Ikemi Wokoyo. I'm a youth. I'm living in Nigeria as a youth has affected me in some ways, both directly and indirectly. Directly in the sense that as a student who gained admission to university, I haven't even stepped into the school premises due to the ongoing assist strike that has been going on for some months. And I've been at home doing nothing when I'm meant to be in school studying for a better future. This is not very encouraging for students based in Nigeria. Also, the cost of living in Nigeria has increased. Although my parents are still catering for my needs, I can see how they struggle to make ends meet. Or like when the economy was still buoyant, things were very easy, but now things have become harder due to the poor state of the economy. I hope that as time progresses, things will become better in Nigeria. Thank you. Good day, everybody. My name is Ogechiko Stephanie Oboka, a student of the University of Nigeria, Enugu campus. Being a youth is actually hard. I'm sure everybody can relate to that. I have this business I started in my second year so that I could support myself and not be calling my parents every time when I'm in a tight spot. At least I'll have small money on me to take care of one or two things. I started this business in my second year and they are pressure coming from different areas like my parents or family members, my friends and then the internet. When I see people that are doing the same thing I'm doing and their own is like going far and they are making it and everything, it breaks my heart that I'm still in school and I cannot even move the business at all. And I'm sure that there are so many other people that can also relate to this and the worst part of everything is that Asu now decided to keep us at home for five months five good months it's not even looking good at all because so many people have made plans for like when they graduate that okay they will try to see if they can make their business bigger or better or find a better um, a better place for their business or one thing or the other and I don't know, this strike period is beginning to look like an opportunity for some people and for some small business owners. And if this is your time to shine, I hope you make the best out of it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys, for sharing with us. We appreciate um, your honesty and indeed um, the vulnerability.
in that video. All right, let's talk about it's all in the mind and the issue with self-expression. We've had a bit of the limitation um, from the video we've just seen. We also would look at how we can liberate ourselves from it. it it's, it's, it's huge that perhaps the dominant concern in what we have seen is the economic restraint and um, some of the challenges occasioned by failure of government in our respective countries. Um, so the producer just shared some figures with me now from the International Labour Organization. The fact that, that there are 73 million unemployed young people, uh, the youth unemployment in Africa has skyrocketed to 12.7% and in the Arab world, it's 24.8%. So young people are perhaps left to wonder what to do and how to productively engage their youthful energy, which is a huge challenge. I'm joined on this podcast by Inkem, Melvina, Dune, and of course, Benny Finisher. Uh, Benny just shared some very inspiring thoughts with us from that poem, It's All in the Mind, and we'll also be talking more about that in the course of this podcast. But let me begin with Melvina. Melvina, everyone is talking about the Astro Strike, five months old now, and not many know uh, when the Nigerian government and the labor unions will be able to resolve, uh, resolve this particular issue. How challenging has this been? for young people, particularly yourself and those that you've engaged with? All right, so this exercise in February is, is really challenging. It has put a lot of risk on us. One, for, for I will use myself as an example, as a final year student, by now I should be writing my project, be doing my project, but just look at me. I, I, I have to look for something to do. So as not to stay idle. There are some persons who are still idle, who are still at home, hoping for this um, strike to be off. But the government, the actual personnel and the government, they are not, for me, I, I feel they are not putting the youth into consideration. There are some schools that um, my mates now, in my own level, they have graduated. There are some, some schools that have graduated. Some people are way ahead of me, way ahead of myself now as a youth. It's dragging me back academically. It's putting uh, pressure on me. Emotionally, I am, I am not happy because it's, it's as though I'm not doing well. It's as, it's as, it's as though I'm, I'm, I'm being drawn back by, by the things that are happening in Nigeria. Academically, financially, you know, so many things. And as some persons too, that just like Steph has said, it's, it's not really telling well on our business because one, that business might be where, where, where the environment is strive is where um, there, there are students. But now because of the access, like everybody has gone home. Everybody's looking for one or, one or two things to do. Because of that, her business is not striving well. There are some other persons too who are even forgotten what they thought in class. We're just three weeks into final year, into 500 level before the strike. And there are some of my classmates and me, me myself, there are some things that my lecturer had said that I can't even remember unless I go back to my book. So these things are putting pressure on us. It's really bad, it's really bad on us, yeah. But I can tell that as we speak, you are engaged in other productive things, Melvina, right? Definitely, definitely. 
I, I, took, I took into my skills, my graphic design skills, my video skills, and then I'm still working. I took a job so I could keep myself busy. Yeah. All right. In Kem, you mentioned that you're on the waiting list, uh, expecting ASO to call up the strike so that you can also take advantage of the university education. How are you coping with what appears to be a long delay? Are there other productive engagements for you outside school? Well, yes. I recently got admission into the university this January, but and we're meant to resume school on August. But with the ASU strike that started on February, there was no news on resumption. So my parents, seeing that I was doing nothing at home, took me to a photo studio to learn photography as a skill that I'll use in school. So while I'm, while during these six years, I've been learning photography and also improving my own skills, which is drawing and painting. So yeah, I've been also been hooked up in some productive skills. And also, while I'm doing this photography, my parents also are trying to see if they can get me with, in touch with some professional graphic designers and others in the field to help me increase my skill. Absolutely, very engaging. And I also think that um, that's making good use of your time. But let me speak with um, Finisher. I'd like to get your thoughts. How peculiar do you think the challenges are for young people in Nigeria? And we're taking these issues one after the other. I think we just began with the ASO strike. Um, there seem to be a lot of depression and a lot of um, dark cloud cast on this reality. Do you think it's actually that bad, Benny? Okay, I don't think it's bad at all in all sense, uh, but I, I think it's an opportunity. It's not just a crisis to, to, uh, to destroy them, but it's more of an opportunity, a wake up call to let them uh, into the other areas of, of themselves because there are so many people go to school just to get a degree. Get it. Let you know that, okay, there is more to education than just being within the four walls of an institution. So meaning even with or without ASO strike, the things that um, they are delving into now, which is um, uh, vocational things, um, skill acquisition and the likes, is what should have been. So you shouldn't wait for things to happen, but it's, it's, it's a good thing. It just felt like uh, when uh, we were in the pandemic during the lockdown, that was when to some people was a wake up call for them to delve into other things and not just settle knowing that things are changed. To some other people, it's like the end of the world for them. So I won't expect any, <clears throat> excuse me, any students to see it as the uh, as um, a setback, but an opportunity. So all they just need to do is sit back and think through and check, okay, what can I do to make the best of this uh, so-called darkness? I should find the lights within me to shine. And you, you never can tell. You finding a way out of it might actually be the 
you might be the savior for another person because when they see, oh, you're actually able to thrive here, you open other people up. You give them the opportunity to see what's possible. But if you just wonder and feel, okay, yeah, things I'm just going to wait up because of anything can happen. You don't know when, you don't know how, you don't know where. So you don't just wait, things happen. You don't just think, okay, yeah, I'm going to cry and wallow in it. Okay, fine, it has happened. What's the next thing? What can I do? What are the opportunities there? And even if you don't find opportunity, ask questions. And we have this in our hands that we don't even know the power. Uh, the, uh, we don't know the benefits, which is our cell phones, internet. You check it, you see, even if you don't have data, guys, read books, <laughs> you get information from books and or oh, more than 20. My family had a crisis. This wasn't even awesome. My family had a crisis, financial crisis and all of that. And my parents couldn't uh, afford the education for the rest of the kids. I was done from secondary school then. Uh, I was in the University of Lagos. My younger sister was going to go into school. My younger brother was still in school, secondary school. So I had to drop out from school to work to support my family. So my younger ones can go to school. Guess what? My mates were in the university moving forward with their life in the education, uh, uh, educationally. But uh, I didn't at any point in time feel like, yeah, I'm human. I felt like, yeah, I'm, there's a setback. But then I asked myself, fine, I can get into the school, but no one is stopping me from getting into a bookshop, buying books and reading. So all through the time when I had to just work to help my family and not go into school per se, I didn't stop educating myself. So I talked to my friends that are still in school. I asked them what books are they studying based on what I wanted to study, what book are they using. So I go into this, uh, from the work I do, I take a change, buy the books, sit in the house, read books. After I was helping them with the assignment, I wasn't in the school. They were. So I didn't stop and let that be like limitation for me. I'm like, yeah, if a school stops me, it's um, stopping me from doing what I want to do. Also didn't stop me from getting books to read. Also didn't stop from acquiring skills. Also didn't stop my life from moving up. So I there's there's opportunity not to step back. I agree with the hundred percent. I agree with the hundred percent. After all, education is way beyond the four walls of of an institution. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I remember that. Um, and you know the the reality in Nigeria, for instance, is that most graduates leave school, finding out that they get to do exactly something entirely different from what they study in school. Exactly. So, ASU breaks like everyone who has been to a Nigerian university has experienced. <laughs> it's an opportunity for everyone to discover yeah. themselves and empower themselves. I remember that I was there was there was one similar break when I was in school. It was as long as six months. Someone oh, yeah. told me that someone told me that you're never going to have this this much break again in your life. And what you do with it right now will determine a lot. And that was when I discovered my my 
my um, speaking ability, you know, worked on it, got a job on a local radio station. And even though I did that Greek in school today, <laughs> I'm, I'm into mass communication. I mean, I never studied it for once in school. So yeah. it's amazing what you've shared. Dr. Ama also corroborated your thought. Uh, and he's and she's talking about um, the, the power of um, infinite possibilities. She says, yes. seek infinite possibilities. Broadband can open the way to new remote jobs and green jobs. It's amazing what's happening these days with the younger people who have decided to acquire some skills in you know, FinTech and things like that. People sit in yeah. the four corners of their homes and earn in dollars. It's amazing yeah. how, much, how much economic power, education uh, beyond the walls of the university can put in your hands. This is the Thinking Reimagined podcast, sponsored by Allied Empowerment. Allied Empowerment Consultancy offers leadership and innovation through bespoke human development solutions, brain-based leadership, and coaching. Allied Empowerment empowers business leaders, teams, and individuals to intentionally accentuate desired outcomes built on trust, curiosity, psychological safety, engagement, and communication. Allied Empowerment thriving in a sustainable and valued manner. I saw your hands up earlier, Melvina. Okay, I, 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 did, I did not want to agree with him 100%, Benny Finita, because of what he said that it's an opportunity, not a crisis. It's actually a crisis for this to be happening every, almost every two, three years. In 2020, we were at home throughout 2020, coupled with the COVID-19 strike. Yeah. So if it keeps happening subsequently every time, it's, a, it's really a, a crisis or not. Like 2021, we have to run two sections in one year. That's the four semesters. We wrote four different exams, four, four, four different terms exams and everything. We have to do my year three and my year four. I did it inside 2021. My IT time was supposed to be for six months, but I have to do it under two months and which is not right for me. I didn't even learn as much as I was supposed to learn. So it's a crisis on every student in Nigeria. This exercise is not, although it's an opportunity here, because where I am today now, I wouldn't have been here if it's not for exercise. What I know of surveying and doing for exercise, I wouldn't have known it if it's not for 2020 exercise that I have to go and work under a company. And here I am onto working under a company. I'm learning a lot here. It's an opportunity, but we should not dismiss the fact that it's a crisis on students because it's really taking us back. It's really, really pressing and taking us back. That was what I wanted okay. to do. So let us, let, us, let us call it both a crisis and an, and an, and an opportunity. <laughs> but I think what Betty was saying is um, taking charge of the things we can we can change in our lives. So, for instance, we agree that it is a national crisis. Personally, I have double beef. I have beef for both the government and ASU members. I mean, how can somebody leave their jobs for five months because of how much they are paid? I mean, I could also leave my job because I'm not satisfied with my employer. And not go to work, but that's 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 an issue that is beyond young young people. Maybe the best students can do is protest, and you know you really do not have um, the ability to. You don't have that magic wand 
to change things as it were at the snap of a finger. So I think what Benny was saying is that the more we see it as an opportunity, the less traumatic, the less traumatic effect it has on our lives. And then we see that, oh, this is free time for me. This is a, an opportunity for me to learn a skill, to take a course online, to you know, see the world differently, to learn something new, to discover myself, and to also invest time in my ability to do other things. So I totally agree with you that it is not the norm. It's, it's, it's not supposed to happen, but we're supposed to also seek solutions while in a crisis. I'd like us to move this conversation on to other peculiar things. You know, we talked about limitations to self-expression. I said that Benny is wearing dreads. You know, there's what they call profiling in, among young people in Nigeria. A policeman just stops you on the road because, because you're on dreads or you have tattoo on your body or because of the way you're dressed. And um, there's just seemed to be some other factors that limit our expression. You know, even the way you look can be a problem in this part of the world. I'd like to know if there's anybody on this conversation, I mean, on this panel who has had that, that kind of experience as to wanting to express yourself in a way, but the system, you know, is restricting you. Or if there is some constant fear as to the extent to which you can go in expressing yourself wants to go first all right so if nobody's talking i'll bring dune in here dune is the producer of the thinking reimagine show he's always been shying away from being on this podcast but now i'm putting him on the hot seat because dr Tama just told me that dune used to be stopped on his way to work with his um, computer bag and i have a friend too who had shared a similar experience with me this friend of mine works from home with a fintech and he shared a couple experiences of how he had to explain himself to policemen. So Dune, what has been the biggest challenge in this regard as a working youth in Nigeria? So actually you're right. I've actually had similar experiences and um, I think it's really profiling and um, NSAS crisis comes to mind because now we really did of it. Personally, I think my first experience was one day I was leaving work. Um, I was living quietly and I was in a boat, or was it an Uber? So simply because I had a laptop, I had a computer, this uh, policeman thought, um, he became very curious, started asking to see my phone, asking to see my laptop, and then the funny part of that conversation was he probably didn't know what to look for because by the time I just presented the like, when I was, the way he was asking, he was asking some funny questions that didn't add up. So I just gave him the laptop and then he, did, he, wasn't, he didn't know how to turn it on. So that was actually, he was just delaying me and then we were able to get past it. But I've had quite a number of, of uh, experiences like that. And then um, the young, the average young person in Nigeria um, actually has lives with this fear. For, for me, I've not had the experience where I've been stopped for my hairstyle. Or, but really, many times, I think there's something about the way we look as youths, especially nowadays, and it's become very annoying, simply because you are in a bus or you are in an Uber in Lagos. I'll say in Lagos because um, 
I've been privileged to be able to live in a few other places within Nigeria. And it's not all, it's not the same everywhere, but there are similar experiences in this part. But in Lagos, especially, if you are if you are moving around in an Uber, especially if you look a certain way, if you look, um, if you carry an iPhone. I remember recently I was traveling by road going to Kwara State. I was going to Ilorin, and then I had an iPhone as well as an Android phone. And I kept that iPhone hidden throughout because even with that, with that phone being hidden, I had someone sitting just beside me and then he had a phone, an iPhone as well. The police, a policeman stopped us and then asked for the was to come down and then was trying to search us. Yesterday asking some questions, where do you work, what are you going to do? And many times, many of these kind of confrontations generally end with uh, your phones being searched I personally have not had that experience, but maybe it's because um, for whatever reason though, but actually there's that fear. There's that fear of being profiled. There's already a profiling. There's also the fear of expressing yourself. Several people, uh, we've heard a number of people who got, have gotten arrested because they tweeted something, sent out a tweet. For somehow you just find out the person goes quiet. So within Nigeria, there's that fear. And then um, a few others, not many come to mind right now, but that's all I can remember. Benny, for some reasons, even though you have a long hair, your face looks um, like, how do I put this now? You don't look like someone like a police, that a policeman will stop. You look very <laughs> calm, cool. <laughs> you don't look like a <laughs> Yahoo boy. <laughs> have you had any experience in this regard? Well, I, I think um, the I've never really had any embarrassing experience. Uh, I remember the first one, which um, a lot of people thought something would have happened. That was in 2000 and 2005. Yeah, then I used to weave my hair. Uh, that was when. Uh, Fashion percent of people that okay, they should just catch boys with um, with uh, dreadlocks and any hair cut up their head, and they throw them somewhere to learn something, something vocational and all that. So in my neighborhood, then people look at me like, how come they, no one has arrested me? So they speak Yoruba and they say all stuff, forgetting the fact that I were well, not forgetting. They know I understood what they were saying. So it never happened. In two thousand and seven, I cut the hair and decide to lock a um, couple of months later. And I have a 14 years old uh, in my head. And the only few times I've been stopped. Uh, when they stop me, I, I also think uh, approach matters and how you respond to them. When they stop me, I go, oh, good morning, sir. How are you today? And before... <laughs> My response is, uh, how are you? Uh, so where are you going to? I'm going to walk. What do you do? I tell them. Uh, identify yourself. I show them and they look at me. I've often uh, been given responses like, uh, so your uncles are outside now. They never chop since morning. How far? They are just my I said, wait till my uncle won't chop. Finish. We have a conversation. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> so uh, during the end, uh, I got a call and message to tell my story. He said, I don't have any horrible stories. Because it never happened to me. And some girl, because of the way you dress and your face, and like you said, I said, well, sometimes you can have a bad day. I'm just, um, God has been saving me. <laughs> so because you see someone without a hair, without looking funny, and just But recently I had the show last weekend, but before the show, I had two uh, experiences. I was in a car, in a car. And this policeman just drove in front of the car, of the car, and knocked on my on the side of my window and asked me to identify myself. So I told him, man, show. I was wearing this that morning, so it just mattered. You can go. Two weeks later, the same set of uh, the same team came in front of another car. I was uh, by the time they knocked on the window and asked me to wind down. And they saw my face, they started smiling. They said, bro, it's not you again. <laughs> I said, I'm new. They just fresh. I said, I got it. They said, you, now don't like this, man. I said, me, uh, nobody, they spend a lot. I said, okay, go. take care of yourself. I said, you too, sir. And that was it. Mm -hmm. I never really, because so, also, you see this, yes. police stop people and they go, uh -huh, yes, why are you stopping me? Uh -huh, now you ride up. They want to show that they are in control. That's right. That's right. I think I think I think that's a powerful statement you just made. That every young person in Nigeria must learn the skill of relating well with the policeman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. that's just very powerful. And it's either perhaps um, maybe there are no longer bad policemen in Nigeria or you have always been having good days with them, or you have been so cool, calm and collected that you know how to relate with them. In Kem, what do you think? What do you think about policemen and policewomen in Nigeria? Do you, what kind of relationship do you think uh, young people enjoy with them? And have you ever seen them as a challenge or as a threat to your dreams? Well, personally to me, I don't really know what to say because my father is a retired policeman. So when I so you have a personal to... bias for them. <laughs> I said so you have a personal bias for police police people. No, not a bias, but I think it's just the situation of the country that is affecting them because mostly when I go to public places. People always complain that police are bri collecting bribes, police are doing this, they're harassing them. But if you really look at it, police are also human beings and they are not, how would I put, they are not like, the situation of the country is not favoring them. So their salaries are not really that helpful. So they will always look for how to make more money by collecting bribes on the road. Not all, but some. Some are like that. And also, when people say police don't protect them, what do you expect them to do? They have not been given the equipment for protection, like all these, their weapons, their guns. I'm sure some of them are outdated. So 
they will obviously run away from all these things. And if you call them, you can't expect them to rush to the scene when they are not properly prepared for what is about for what they are about to face. So for me, for me, police situation in Nigeria is 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 not very good. So I understand you, okay. Yeah. And I know that you're also speaking from um an experienced point of view. I think Kemi is highlighting the human angle to police personnel and the need for us to relate with them as human beings and as Nigerians. If young people are going to relate to the average police man or woman, like they will talk to a banker in a bank, for instance, or speak to their insurance officer or speak to the lecturer in school, maybe who have a less um, you know, friction in our relationship with them. I'd like us to begin to wrap up this conversation. I want us to speak to how we can trick our minds as young Nigerians, because this podcast seems to be full of many of us here in Nigeria. And we began highlighting what the challenges are for many students here. It's, it's the long delay with their education and how that has been like a Pause on their lives. But someone like Mervina, someone like uh, Nkem, are finding a better engagement for, for this time. Mervina, speak to us about how we can begin to, you know, uh, deliver ourselves from that mind bondage as if nothing is happening. Oh, school is on strike. The economy is bad. That's why my life is on hold. How can, what can we do to inspire ourselves to make better use of our youthful energy and time? Well, I would say it starts from self-determination. It comes from self-determination. You, as, as a self-determined person and as a focused person, you, you know what you want for yourself. So even if school is on strike, you should go out there and look for something. If you want to continue in, on the path of your career, you can go out there and look for a job related to your career. Not necessarily that they are going to be paying you, but then because you're going there for the knowledge, you by all means you would want to join that work. You would want to, you would want to join that that uh, that company or whatever it is that you want to do. Aside that, aside uh, work or anything, there there is there are courses out there online for self personal development. You pick them. You go for anyone that you want. You 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 do them like build yourself. Not necessarily that your it might not even be handy. Like you might not want to use it now, but in time it will it will it will pay off. That okay, I I have a knowledge of this course. I have a knowledge of this. I have a knowledge of this. Just like um uh, uh, me now. You study another course, but you're doing mass communication. So we, we, uh, as somebody who is more focused, as somebody who is determined on being a better youth or being a better person to the community and to yourself, to your family and to the community at large. There is, there is nothing that will come to you and say, oh, this is, I, I just, I'm depressed, I'm down, I can't do this, I can't know. As far as that thing is there for now, after strike, um, economic, whatever, social, however, insecurities, just see it as an opportunity to make yourself a better person. For the next person, for yourself, for your family, and for the community at large. Because at one time, they would, you you would feel like like you don't have anything to offer. Yes, because 
when the next person is offering what he has to the community, when the other person is bringing what he has to the company or where or the organization, and then you are just there, you are the least of them. If you tell, if you tell in time, that's just it. Thank you. In Kem, let me have your thoughts on this matter as it relates to a more productive engagement uh, and, of course, a more productive use of time as a young person living in Nigeria. Yeah, um, about that. Um, when situations like this happen, obviously, you are not meant to stay at home doing nothing. You have to find something productive to do. Because as they say, the, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. So like, take for example, me now, I wanted to study finance and design in school, but with the ASU strike now, I have to go and learn another skill, which is photography. And me, personally, I never have interest in photography. I am not a photo person, but just to, to keep myself busy, not to, have any negative thoughts in my mind. I have to look for a job. So I urge youth outside not to be lazy, but find something to do. Like a second skill is not something so hard. You might not even need the skill to make money, but just have it in case of necessities or something like that. Absolutely. Mr. Bennett, talk to us about how we can free our minds because um, it's easier said than done, particularly when you consider a brother that has been in, in a cage for, for years, might not even notice when the cage has been opened. The challenge yeah. with the economic reality and the poor leadership we've experienced over the years in Nigeria is that it has conditioned the mind of many young people, uh, yeah. you know, conditioned their mind to the fact that there's a limit to what they can do and how they can express. Like I said, this guy is wide enough for uh, birds, number of birds, different birds to fly. So have a good time and um, stay close to your God. <laughs> it's very important. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. And thank you everyone for being a part of the show today. Stay engaged, open your mind. And when we're talking about self-expression, express only positivity. When I say express crime or steal more money through, you know, fraud and Yahoo, Yahoo and the rest, there's a huge opportunity for young people in Nigeria. The population is in for a take. There's a skill deficiency. There are many things not working that requires a solution. And I believe that we can make things happen. June, I'd like to have your final thoughts on this. Okay, thank you, Nifemi. I think um, just to reinforce what we've been saying, it's, I think um, what my final words will be that um, it's important that we recognize that um, we can acknowledge the, while we, can, we should acknowledge the, crisis or all the things, all the forces that don't seem to be on our side, it's important that we, we do not focus on them so much, acknowledge them, but focus on their opportunities because they, we, are, we spoke, said earlier that crisis and opportunities tend to exist side by side. So it's important that we don't 
I I think over analysis of the of all the things that are not on your side, it's not productive. What I believe we can do is because because I'm a firm believer that nothing happens by accident. Everything actually happens based on. Of course, there are systems here and there, and then the system failure will have has have its consequences. But there's only so much you can control outside of yourself. What you have a hundred percent control of is your response, and then how you act, how you conduct yourself. And if we're able to focus on that, we'll be able to achieve far more than we would if we sit down and then analyze. Because the truth is, we know we are very we are very well versed with um, the crisis and all the things that are wrong. We see it all the time. You turn on everything. Everybody's analyzing it everywhere. So, but what we don't have enough of is um, those who are talking about the solution and not just talking about it, but also doing it, doing, make, taking actions on, based on those solutions, on those solutions. So I think the, when, when we focus on doing that, we'll be able to make giant strides. Thank you, Dune. Thank you, Mavina. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Kemp. And thank you, Dr. Amma. A big thank you everyone for being a part of this particular conversation. Wishing you all the best. And we're counting on you to do better than the older generation and contribute your quota to the development of your nation. I'm Nifemi Ogunto Asis. This has been a Thinking Reimagined podcast. The executive producer is Dr. Amma, co producer Peter Amon Boyle, and it is moderated by Nifemi Ogunto. The podcast is edited by Nelkan and supervised by Dun Sokwa. Thinking Remarchant emphasizes the importance of transformational conversations which have as their aim the bringing about of the rich diversity of thoughts and most importantly, powerful and applicable effective solutions and change. The views, opinions and contributions of the panelists are exclusively theirs and do not reflect the opinions of thinking reimagined producers or personnel. Thank, Thank you, you for listening, listening and we, we hope you have enjoyed, enjoyed this episode. episode. We invite you to subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and other outlets. We look forward to presenting another riveting episode next week. Thinking Reimagined Podcasts is produced by Live Abundantly. We welcome your thoughts and invite you to visit our website, livesabundantly.com. Or you can follow us on social media on Live Abundantly 8. Thinking, Thinking Remarging, changing, changing the, mindset the mindset for a better global, global society. society.